Welcome to the All In Remote Podcast, where we believe that companies can unlock their potential, build healthy resilience, and succeed in an increasingly volatile world. We'll explore the new challenges of leadership, best practices for developing culture and trust, and the innovative tools that help make it possible. Here's your host, Kendra Kinnison. For today's episode, we're focusing on the fun side of remote work and how we can make room for the other activities in our lives. Today, we have another panel of Allocations team members, Chesley, Lindsay, and Maurice, to share how they've structured work to better support their passion projects. Team, thanks so much for being here. I think this is going to be a fun and insightful conversation. Lindsay, let's start with your story. Can you tell us when you first shifted to remote work and why it's important to you? It absolutely changed my life when I started working remotely back in 2017. Most of my career previously had been in the restaurant business, which is hyper local, localized on a location. And so when I got this opportunity, it was actually Burning Man, the event that offered me this opportunity before I had ever even gone. A friend of mine went and met a group of people in the blockchain and cryptocurrency space and came back to Aspen where I was living at the time and told me how mind-blowing this new technology was about decentralized tech and cryptocurrency and introduced me to this group building a donation platform on the blockchain. And in our conversation, they mentioned that they really needed operations and logistics support because they're completely decentralized. All of their engineers and everyone in the team was located in different places around the world and they were traveling full time. None of them really had a home base. Some of them didn't even have bank accounts and they wanted to start throwing events and really kind of coming together more often. So through that, they offered me this position and it came in the way of being paid in Ether, a cryptocurrency, and traveling full time, blindly taking a one-way flight to Chiang Mai, Thailand to meet them for the first time other than on Skype at the time. And so I just took that leap of faith and really left the restaurant and catering industry behind and went full time into organizing operations logistics for a decentralized team. Wow. So you didn't just go remote work. You went full on adventure on day one. I did. I did. It just aligned so much with what I actually wanted my life to look like and what I wanted to build in my future and what I really believed that I could still make money and still work, contribute to an organization with having to go to a rest check into traditional job. And it really taught me so much, opened up my horizons, and I traveled the world full-time for almost two years. My passions really were traveling and also finance. I always wanted to be an investor, and I really never knew how to break into that industry. So through this experience, I really got to deeply dive into both those things. And now they're both very active in my life. Good stuff. Chesley, what was your shift to remote work? So I'm very jealous of Lindsay's story. That's so awesome. But so I was working at a bank before allocations. So six and a half years, I was working at a bank. So it's very structured, as you can imagine, very nine to five. I actually started out working in New York City and then moved to San Francisco. And when I moved to San Francisco, you know, I noticed a lot of my friends had started to kind of do half in the office, half remote. And I kind of envied them and thought like that was really awesome that they could, you know, leave on a Friday and maybe, you know, travel because I also love traveling too. So 
especially when COVID hit, that was, and we had to go remote full time. That's when I really decided, okay, like this is something that I want. I'm originally from Florida. So I try to go back to Florida as much as I can, but being in an office like really limits you and you can't, it's hard to go to Florida from California for just a weekend. So I'm really, really grateful for being remote because it's just like Lindsay said, opened my eyes to more travel and just being flexible with where I'm living because it's really important to me. Okay. So you got to experience it during COVID and then decided I'm not going back. I'm not going the other direction. Yes. I couldn't go back. I couldn't imagine waking up, having to commute to an office. When you look back and you're actually just wasting so much unnecessary time, you're getting fully dressed and business casual. I'm taking a bus. I have to make sure I catch the bus because if I don't, then I'm late to the office, which then will kind of ruin my day. So I was just able to really be more productive. I found I was way more productive at home anyway. So I knew that I had to shift too. And I wanted to become you know, more of a FinTech environment too and remote. Very interesting. I love how you took the experiment. And then again, just like Lindsay decided and went all in. Yeah. Okay. Maurice, what's your story in shifting to remote? My story of shifting to remote. So before working here, I was working in the oil and gas industry, been working shift work for more than 12 years. Then through a common friend, I met Kendra. We know we just met talking about everything else and always have, you know, the passion for motorcycles. So we met at the racetrack a couple of times. And so I always noticed something, you know, it's like you always have a schedule. Like I can't do this session because I have a meeting with Kingsley. I'm, you know, like. You always have something going. I'm like, there is something going on with this lady. You know, like, I don't know what it is. Something is cooking. So, you know, we kept going. And then you told me one day that, you know, this company is hiring. You know, if I would be interested in doing the jump, it was really a jump. Talking about remote work, never heard about this before. Working shift work. I'm like, well, okay. But it was a, Leap of faith, I jump by faith, but it's because of the way it's like you always had a schedule. So I know you were going someplace and you were doing something interesting. And I just love the challenge. And, you know, I'm like, you know what? I will do it. Let's do it. I just give them a quick notice. And everybody was like, what are you talking about? Like, you, no, you're joking. Actually, they told me, you know what? I'm not going and sign your resignation paper. We know you're going to come back, so you can come back whenever you want. And I'm like, please sign it. I'm not coming back. It's okay. I appreciate it, but that's it. I'm moving on. We can definitely blame that one on motorcycles. Let's talk more in this episode about how going remote supports the other areas of our lives. Chesley, you talked about you felt being more productive at work, but what about in the other areas of life? We cut out all that commuting and all that extra stuff. What have you found that it really supported the extras in your life? Yeah. And just touching that again. So I feel like I was come in this hamster wheel going to the office. You wake up, it's the same routine every day. You get home exhausted. And I really just felt like I didn't have I wasn't being creative and I didn't really have time for outside hobbies. And something that I'm really passionate about is health and wellness and, you know, cooking and baking and just trying different workouts and just really, you know, diving into nutrition. And, you know, I was kind of just doing it on a small scale when I was in the office, you know, for myself, making new recipes and trying new workouts. But I always knew that I wanted to do something on a broader scale. And so when I had more time working from home, I was introduced to this online health coaching course. It was the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. 
It's a full online class now. It used to actually be in person in New York, but now they can reach you know people all over the globe by being kind of like a remote school. So I decided to enroll in that school and it was a year long program. And I just, honestly, I didn't think I would become like a health coach or anything like that. I just kind of wanted more knowledge and about nutrition and wellness. And so it was really cool because while I was taking this course, I also kind of started a blog and an Instagram and would post different things that I'd learned about the course throughout my year there. And I still continue to do it. So honestly, it's something that like re-energizes me too. You know, when I kind of feel like either whether it's burnt out about work, I'll kind of switch gears to there and vice versa. So it's really opened my eyes to be able to do both. And it's so fun. Very cool. We all need to continue to learn. And it's interesting how learning maybe something completely unrelated to our work, as you said, often inspires our regular work. Lindsay, your passions were a little more lateral, if you will, and really discovering how much you enjoyed crypto and the blockchain and all of that technology. How has remote influenced that? Yeah, well, the first two years, I really got to dive in and was supporting these remote teams from wherever I was. So really diving into my passion full time, learning how to invest and learning this new technology. I've just expanded my community all over the world. I know so much. I'm still a very active crypto investor in a lot of ways. And I still kind of consult with my friends, you know, when they need some insight into this new technology that's still new, you know, it's still taking off. So I really felt like I got in educationally on the ground floor of something that was really just taking off. And I think that'll impact the rest of my life, knowing about this technology and understanding kind of the crypto world and where it's going and so much my current role really had a lot of impact with being able to support our crypto solutions at allocations and kind of help build that feature out for us. I like the way you said really have a sense of community and the way remote, sometimes we feel like it might take away community, but if we're creative in how we think about it, it actually opens us up to communities beyond, you know, just our local geographic area. Chesley, you're nodding. It sounds like the food community, Lindsay, the crypto community, and then Mo, the motorcycling community. So how has being remote really enabled you to do more of what you love? It's been an essential part of me being able to train more, to travel more. I mean, aside racing, the tracks are very far apart from each other, you know, sometimes it could be days before you could get to the next track. So it's definitely allowed me to spend all time with my family and being able to get to more tracks. So in between June and July, I was able to, were able to go to California and to Washington, two states I've never been in. So nice travel experience. And then hit two tracks that I've been seeing on TV while I was young. It was like a dream come true. I was like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. I love it. So really for each of you, you had dreams and the unhinging of work from a location, really for each of you opened up the opportunity to pursue those dreams, perhaps much, much sooner than would have otherwise in previous generations would have had to say, wait till retirement, for example, to do some of these sorts of things. So if you had advice for anybody else that maybe is already remote, but feels like, Chesley, I'm going to use your words again, kind of still on the hamster wheel, right? They're still kind of living the same life and schedule. We'll go around. If you each had a few words of advice 
for somebody that maybe has a dream and not sure if they can pull it off, what would you say? And we'll start with Chesley. Yeah, I think, you know, when I was out of college and trying to find a job and I would always say, you know, I don't know what my passion is. I don't know what I want to do. Like putting a lot of pressure onto like your main source of income or work, your day job. And my mom would always tell me, she was like, you don't put so much pressure on finding that perfect job. She was like, you do a job that makes you happy, but also you want to make sure that you fulfill your creativity somewhere else, whether it's hobbies or, you know, taking online classes, just learning more about it. So I think if you kind of feel like you're in that rut and you're maybe not like quote passionate about what you're doing, but you still like your day job, like maybe think outside of that box and think, okay, what's something I could learn more about? What's something, you know, if you like cooking, like why don't you take a cooking class? So just really try to explore those things that you just like to do and not put so much pressure on your job. Great point. I like that diversifying the identity a bit. Lindsay, anything you'd offer? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's great advice, Chesley. I would say go for it. Email the company, jump in the community, find the Telegram group or the Instagram, direct message them, but go for it. This is an opportunity that almost no other generation has really had. We have global reach. You can contribute to so many teams and projects and passions of yours all over the world. Go for it. Reach out, send the email, apply for the job, get your foot in the door, leverage your network and your community all over the world. We have so many resources. They have such a far reach they've never had before. And if you don't go for it, you'll never know, but it's so worth it. And that would be my advice to new people getting into the space. I love it. It sounds a lot like Joe and Emily from a few weeks ago's episode. Maurice, any other advice you'd add? I would say the same thing. I would say just do it and don't think about working at home, but think about working remotely. Means that you don't have to stay home. You can be wherever you are. And that's different. That's bigger than working at home. Such a great mindset shift. All right. Well, we've got lots of team members live with us today. Let's open it up for our Q&A session. Anyone has questions for Chesley, Lindsay, or Maurice? Let's bring Stephanie to the stage. Stephanie, come on up. Hi, guys. How are you? Hi. Hi. So the consensus seems to be you all have found like renewed happiness in going remote. Has your family and friends noticed the shift in attitude, like less stress, availability? Yes, I would say definitely less stress. I'm a very high functioning, anxious person. So I feel like the stress of just being at home and, you know, having that ability to, if I need to run an errand during the day, not like stress so much about it. So I think the work-life balance has definitely been very helpful for my stress. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I think my family noticed it immediately because as much as I did love the restaurant business for its own personality traits, my whole world expanded when I got to go remote and learn new things. And I just kind of felt like a butterfly coming out of my cocoon and could really learn more and have more impact on people and really got a lot of feedback and then a lot of questions from friends. How do I get in? And then the satisfaction and being able to help other people change their lives in this way has been really fulfilling. For me, I mean, my family definitely noticed it because I was actually home. <laughs> you know, working shift work, you 12 hours, you working in a night or day. So definitely my family is noticing that, you know, I can attend to birthdays, to Christmas and regular quality of life events that you want to attend. So really helped me a lot. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. 
All right, JT, come on up. Another great question. Thank you, guys. And thank you all for sharing your stories and experiences so far. It's really cool to hear them. So yeah, my question is kind of around maybe distractions. So when you're traveling to new places and doing cool new things, you know, obviously you want to create the time for work, but there might be a new place to check out or a new event that comes up. And just kind of wondering how you deal with distractions while there's so many new exciting things out there in the world to see. I can jump in here first. So I really thrive off routine. I need to have a routine and I love it, even if it's the same thing every day, but especially, you know, waking up at the same time, you know, doing a morning workout, just kind of easing into the day. And I try to do that wherever I travel to, you know, to your point, you're right. Where you travel, it's something new. It's exciting. Like you want to go explore, but I really just try to stick to that routine during the working hours, you know, take a break to walk around. So that's like a good way to, if you're in a new city, walk around. And I put my phone on do not disturb mode throughout the whole day. So I'm not distracted by texts or things popping up on my phone, but really trying to stick to my routine is working for me. Yeah. I was actually really concerned about this going into fully remote work. Like, how am I going to react in this environment? I want to climb the mountains and do all the things. And actually, I found maybe because I've really worked on projects that I focus more, I did learn that bringing a hot spot with me when I travel that works in that country is really useful because then I can be anywhere. I was in Puerto Rico a couple of weeks ago, sitting by the beach with my hotspot fully online, running meetings, working all day, really without any interruption. So Yeah, I think it's a personal thing, but there's so much opportunity to still prioritize seeing the new things, you know, seeing where you're at and still really engaging with your team. So a couple of those tools to use help a lot. And I found a lot more productivity than I thought there might be in this type of work. Maurice, anything you'd add? I would say that it helped me to start planning a little more when you're working remotely you want to move, then you want to make some researches, you know, yeah, find out where you're going to go. Is there any signal? Just a little more research before, but, you know, that's really what it takes and it's awesome. Great. Thank you. Christina's got a great follow-up question. Come on up, Christina. Hi, everyone. So mine is a little follow-up, a little bit from JT. So I want to know what was your first working trip, working from home, away from home? Like, where did you go? Did you have any hiccups? I recently was able to do it. And I just want to give everyone maybe some tips on making that leap and trying it yourself. So, yeah. Yeah. So I mentioned in the beginning, I'm from Florida. And so I like to go home and see my mom and stay there for a little bit. And so when I first went there, you know, obviously I'm in California now and going to Florida. I wasn't sure if I needed to work East Coast hours, like what the balance was around that, or if I still need to work West Coast hours. And also a lot more distractions with my mom being in the house and not fully understanding the life of being remote and working, but also being at home. So she thinks when I'm at home, it's okay to just hang out and play. (laughs) So setting those boundaries was really important for me. And so now when I come home, it's, she knows the routine. It's easy. (laughs) Yeah, for me, the first trip was this one-way ticket to Chiang Mai, Thailand. You know, when I landed there, it was my first time really working fully remote. I had no idea what to really expect. So I wasn't overly prepared as I would be now taking that trip. You know, with that, there was also a learning curve of a whole new industry. So it was really for me on this first trip, being patient to learn, to set my focus time and also my kind of play time as well. So I wouldn't say there was any hiccups. So there's definitely a learning curve. And I just kind of gave myself some space to get 
settled and then was so eager to jump right in. It almost felt like I wanted to work around the clock just to get caught up. But on planning future travels, kind of like what we said, making sure you know there's going to be connection. And if there's not, bringing your own hotspot or other way of really connecting online and just making sure I have a travel multiple screens that clips right onto my laptop. That's been extremely helpful because then I still have kind of like a home setup with multiple screens that I can work just for my laptop. And everything else is kind of business as usual, which is really nice in our connected world. Yeah, awesome. My first big trip was in, so we went to California and really had no real hiccups. What we did, what I will encourage people to do is to plan and plan to be there two hours early. I learned from a great friend, you know, (laughs) I have a friend, she will be there at least an hour before. There is no way she could be late, you know, (laughs) and I think that's the best thing to do. Plan to be there an hour before. If something goes wrong, you can always move and never be late. And like Lindsay said, the monitors, the portable monitors, so you have your laptop, you have two screens aside, and then your hotspot. That's all you need. You could go anywhere in the world with that. I think Chesley's mention of the time zones is very important too. If you're going very far, take a look at your calendar beforehand and make sure you're accounting for where you're going to be when you're taking those meetings. <laughs> Can't tell you the number of times I've woken up on the East Coast at 4 or 5 a.m. to take a meeting scheduled in a more Eastern time zone. Christina, you said you had just returned from a trip. Did you have any lessons or insights that really stood out to you? I had talked to Lindsay before going and got a little bit of her guidance. She definitely said, make sure there's connectivity. So once I was able to, I knew I was going to be online, then I pretty much made sure I had my space, my workspace. And actually, I didn't have many hiccups. I had my workspace, like connectivity. And then after work, I had playtime and I was in Mexico for two weeks. So I am really happy I did that experience. And I hope other members from our team are able to do so as well. Fabulous. Thanks so much for sharing. And Christina hinted on another question that I wanted to ask each of you, other than folks at allocations, because obviously we try to learn from each other. Are there other places that you've read about or sought guidance from or other folks that you've met that kind of helped influence these tips and tricks on how to be adventurous and also get our work done? Any other resources that we might want to share with other folks? I think my friends too. So when I mentioned in the beginning that when I moved to San Francisco, the remote work was being introduced more and a lot of my friends were kind of balance in the office and remote. And so they said exactly what, you know, Lindsay and Mo said here, just make sure you're balancing your calendar, you're adjusting for your time zone and just like have fun and enjoy, you know, it's a lot different than obviously being in a concrete office. So just take advantage of it. Yeah. And I would say lean on your community as you know, if you're joining a community that's fully remote to let people know your concerns or your thoughts about it and ask, advice and questions. There's so many people in this lifestyle now that there's a lot of resources. And I think if you're an entrepreneur kind of doing it alone, also, you know, it's more the probably the discipline and focus of making sure you're connected and you schedule your time where you're focused and also play time because as we practice at allocations, rest ethic is is a value of ours as well. So you know really enjoying the time And getting the most out of it is important. Scheduling our play just as fiercely as we schedule our work, right? Yeah. All right. Any other folks in the audience that have a question 
been great discussion so far. Hi, it's Steph. I have one last question. Obviously, not everyone responds well to remote work. I know I have people in my life who don't really agree with it. What do you say to people who may not have a big background in it and don't really buy into it? Yeah. So my fiance actually goes into the office and he's been in the office ever since COVID. He never really had a break and he doesn't fully understand. You know, he had a few days at home and he's like, I don't know how you do this. I can't focus. It doesn't make any sense to me. How can you be more productive? And it is hard trying to explain that. I could show you my work that I'm doing to show you I'm more productive, but how can you kind of explain that? But I just say, listen, I have stuff to do and I'm going to get it done. And you almost want to prove yourself more being remote because you don't have colleagues around that can see that you're a hard worker or, you know, see you and kind of ask you questions there. So it forces me kind of to put in more effort in my job and make sure I'm doing a good job and just telling them you're probably <laughs> so. <laughs> That's probably true. And I would say, you know, that goes along the lines of to each his own. And thank goodness there is still the option for so many people to go into the office or work from wherever they're used to. And the people that really do see the benefit of the switch to remote, I have so much opportunity to jump into it. And I think organizations themselves are finding so much value in it, saving on office space and, you know, just the exposure of us all being in one room and you know, we have team members all over the world. And so that really just expands our community and you know, the lives we get to touch as allocations and really being able to hire people all over the world, regardless of having to be in a specific city or near headquarters or move people around and take them away from their families and such. You know, I think it's normal. It's new. So people are afraid. They don't know what it is. So, you know, if you don't know, you can't give up positive feedback yet, you know, and then they will see you flourish. They will see you being disponible, you know, being able to do whatever you want to do, less stress. Eventually they will come and ask you, hey, what do you do? I always see you there and there. What do you do? Do you work? I work. And that's how the conversation is starting. And that's how I got into allocation. So, you know, if once you leave it and people will see how you live it and how you love it, they will ask you a question and that's how it's up. Thanks, guys. Well, thanks, team. As always, wonderful questions. And thanks for your insights, Chesley and Lindsay and Maurice. We appreciate you. Love the spirit that you bring to work and also the spirit that you bring to play. And it's so fun to hear each of our different stories and interests and how we can build a stronger company by each of us kind of being the best versions of ourselves. And I think it's so much fun to get to tell those stories. Definitely. Definitely. Thanks, Kendra. Thank you. Thank you, Kendra. It's been great.